This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, October 19th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma fucking Gettys. It's a good Donktober morning, Bless. I'm feeling fantastic. You're looking fantastic with your orange light behind you. Oh, your you Halloween know, outfit. It's looking good. Got to represent. Got to celebrate. Tim, have you been keeping up with all the, the shenanigans that have been going on? I've been trying to. And uh, at the same time, trying to avoid it. Because I get a little scared about all the blocking going on on Twitter. You know yes. what I mean? I recently crossed 100,000 followers on Twitter. I'm very excited yeah, about did. that. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to get involved in this war in any way i can't risk people blocking me you know oh yeah I, I was having back a, under i was having a very chill weekend i can't remember if it was if it was saturday night or friday night where where greg decided to to get very chaotic i think it was saturday night uh i was chilling i think i was playing ghost team of legends uh looked at my phone and saw that greg was on a tirade greg was going off if you don't follow greg miller on twitter one you should uh, two, you should go back and see what's been going on because apparently where this started, I mean, to be fair, this started weeks ago when, mm-hmm. when uh, you know, oh, Halloween shit. season started. Oh, oh, no, the Buffalo Blast are back. Uh, of course, October started. October, my favorite month. Halloween, my oh. favorite holiday. Uh, Donktober, you're correct. You're correct. Uh, orange and black, too, my favorite colors in the in the color spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, that that's kind of spawned this whole back and forth uh, between Greg and I, where I've been trying to uh, essentially open Greg's eyes into how wonderful Halloween can be, right? Mm-hmm. Over the weekend, I believe Spirit Halloween hit up Greg, yeah. and they were like, hey, Greg, we want to send you some some Halloween, you know, treats to get you in, get you in the spirit. You know, you know, we know that Blessing loves Halloween. We want to we get you uh, uh, going when it comes to the Halloween holiday. <laughs> yeah. And to respond to that, Greg was like, hey, Spirit Halloween, can you block Blessing? Which I don't know. I don't understand where this energy from Greg is coming from. It's negative and I don't like it. Exactly. I do not like the energy that we created uh, in the internet over the weekend. Um, but Greg asked Spirit Halloween if they could block me. Spirit Halloween didn't respond. Uh, Greg then asked for some reason devolver digital to block me to which they did like shout out to devolver digital See, they blocked greg's, me. <laughs> greg's playing dirty greg's trying to get to the core of you of what you love he knows that you love devolver so he's he just like i'm gonna take blessing down from the inside out and i don't think devolver digital realized that if there's a devolver digital fan in the office it is me i mm-hmm. love devolver digital uh but they blocked me it's cool i get it i understand greg miller asked you to do something you do it uh to then greg greg didn't stop there Greg then asked DiGiorno to block me. The thing that Greg didn't realize is that me and DiGiorno, we're really cool. You know, I had my my uh, croissant crust pizza over the weekend. Uh, loved it. You know, I've been a big DiGiorno fan <laughs> over the years. Uh-huh. Uh, and so, yeah, instead of blocking me, they instead blocked Greg Miller. It's been a great weekend, Tim. It, you know, it, my favorite thing, Bless, my favorite thing mm-hmm. of this entire weekend is Blessing coming into his own. 
Look at this boss tycoon in this suit. Look how good Blessing oh, looks in this suit. You have you a different energy to you. You get Thank your you. new teeth put in. You get these drugs given to you. All of a sudden, the Blessing has been out. unleashed. Teeth got taken out. And then they had to put new ones in, Kevin. How do you think that works? So here's the deal. Blessing unleashed mm -hmm. to the world. He Blessing now has the yeah. new chaotic energy. And you've somehow reined it into being this sweet little pumpkin businessman. And I'm loving every second of it. I appreciate it, Tim. Tim. Enough about Halloween. Let's talk about NBA 2K's Unskippable Ads, PlayStation responding to the party chat fiasco, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show at the patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you we have two gameplay vids that went up over the weekend uh first of first of which being Donktober episode two that's right Donktober has returned me bear are playing through donkey kong 64 and let me tell you man we played through quite a bit of the game right yeah. like we we played through levels uh three and four being frantic factory and uh gloomy galleon frantic factory amazing level gloomy galleon not so much the thing that those two levels do have though are two amazing boss fights uh mm. and so you get to experience those and more over i on popped YouTube. in for com. a sec it's kind of funny games i popped in for a sec bless to watch mm. you and uh it, it must have been in the gloomy gallows or whatever it's called because it was oh, yeah. dark as shit and you couldn't see anything and you're just yeah. like the, pretty much what I watched was you going in circles and Barrett being like, mm, nah, you came from that way. <laughs> yeah. Mm, nah, you tried that way. And I'm like, oh, God, here no, we go. <laughs> this is your hell. You asked for this. <laughs> no, yeah, that's definitely Gloomy Gallions. Gloomy Gallions is one of my least favorite levels in DK64. Like, it has a cool theme, but aside from that, the level design is it's nonsensical tim like you yeah. it, you know how in dk64 you have different uh different activities for different kongs different uh -huh. characters right you have co color-coded stuff color-coded bananas color-coded uh, uh uh objectives all that stuff you'll you'll walk into a room and there will be red bananas for diddy uh, uh a blue enemy for lanky kong to fight you'll have another thing for chunky kong and it's like why would you design it this way and that's yeah, all what Gloomy Galleon was. It's, it, it was it's ridiculous, but it, you can, it must be extra ridiculous for you to play Donkey Kong sixty four because you just got one hundred and twenty stars in Mario sixty four, so you oh, can yeah. really compare them one yeah. to one of like level design and like how a game should be made versus whatever the fuck Donkey Kong sixty four. Here's the thing, though, because like there's, my, a, there's a Kong named Chunky Kong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just googled yeah. it, and it, the the like autocomplete was like is dead question mark. Is Chunky Kong dead? There's he hasn't been lore. back in a long time. Yeah, no, I don't think Chunky Kong has been in a Donkey Kong game since DK64. And there's like a lot of lore around Donkey Kong and the Kong War. Because uh, there's a war between the Kongs and the Kremlins. <laughs> you know you know what I'm talking about, Tim. You know what I'm talking about. The Kremlins <laughs> are the, the alligators, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I'm aware of this war. Thank you. But, like, the thing is, playing Super Mario 64 and playing DK64 back-to-back, -back, I, like, yeah, Super Mario 64 is one of the greatest games ever made. Probably my second favorite game Save ever made. Save this like, for Gamescast. It, this, okay. is a Gamescast yes, this is a Gamescast conversation. Dude, conversation because I, have a, <laughs> I have a lot to talk about when it comes to DK64 <laughs> and the level design and how I think it is at the same, 
as much as it, as it is incredible, it is also okay garbage at a lot of points. Okay. okay. Uh, and I, I will, and you I am to say it's on the same level as Mario no, 64. Okay. No, I'm okay. not. I'm not going to say that. But I will say that they have two different design philosophies, and that's a games gas conversation that we'll have. <laughs> um, but in this in uh in the same conversation as gameplay videos going up on youtube.com so it's kind of funny games me and greg also played some of ghost shima legends uh we experienced it for the first time over uh or on friday that is now up right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games so go check that out thank you to our patreon producers oh shit hold on whoa something's whoa. happening whoa hello hey uh, tim gettys is it still in housekeeping on kind of funny games daily uh yes it is yeah. great is blessing wearing the suit yes he is uh, that's annoying. Anyways, uh, I just had a call with Twitch. I just had a call with Twitch, right? Talking about how we're awesome and we're, this is great and all these other things. And then they were like, here's the one thing we noticed that's not great about what you guys do. And I'm like, oh, hear me up. And it's that our notifications, our go live notifications, our reach is way down from where it should be. So we need to encourage everybody when they're on the Twitch page to click on the bell on the Twitch page so they get the notification when we go live. Twitch has a bell now too. Well, yeah, ring a right ding ding. You got the, right next to the heart, which you should have already clicked, and right before mm-hmm. subscribe or resubscribe, there's a bell. If everybody clicks on that, they'll get notifications when we go live. And if you guys, Blessing was just talking about during housekeeping, we had a million streams right the other week. Uh, so, like, we're going live more and more. So, everybody who's watching on Twitch or watching later, you should click the bell. I love it. There you go. There you go. You heard yeah. it from the, right. the man himself. So blessing is a fake Halloween fan, and I'll talk to him later. Bye. Bye. Yeah. So, go, go ahead and click that bell, even if you're not on Twitch. Go over to Twitch, click that bell, Tim. because oftentimes we are streaming. What's up, Kevin? Uh, Greg wanted Tim to tell you something. Tim, tell him. I didn't he hear says, anything. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't I didn't hear Greg say anything. All I heard see, Greg say see, was Tim, tell them to click the bell, and then he hung up. Ring a ding ding. Ring a ding ding. Thank you to our ding, Patreon ding, producers, ding. Tom Bach, Mom and Mohammed, and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Old Spice, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is and forever will be. The rope report. It's time for some news. We have four stories today. Hello. All right, because he's a true friend and understands truth in journalism, Kevin gets a star for wanting you to report the news that you want to do. You can he do that? Can he do that when he's not on the show? He can. I don't know if that's allowed. Here's the thing: you need, to be, you need to be a host on the show to be able to give him a star. But for that, I am, so I will give him a Damn. star. Damn! All this. right. Well, there you go. Kevin gets a star. Wow. <laughs> I respect it. Story number one: uh, NBA 2K21 has added unskippable unskippable ads, and fans are not happy. I'm pulling this from Liana Rupert at Game Informer. 2K is once again in the hot seat after adding unskippable ads in NBA 2K21, a game that retails at full price for $60. The newest edition has been has been added one month post-launch uh, during the pregame loading screen, and many feel this is an inappropriate move given that it is a full price title. Kevin, in the doc, I have a link to a video that'll show off how the ads are being implemented in the game. As reported by Survivor, the unskippable ads are available across all platforms, which is usually a mechanic added in free-to-play titles as a form of monetization. Given that the monetization from this game comes from its $60 price tag, there's a lot of confusion regarding uh, this addition and why it is added now. In their video, Survivor shows off an Oculus Quest 2 advertisement while the match is loading, which means players, can't, players also can't update or make changes to their team until the ad is done. So why are gamers upset? Other than the obvious reason of another cash grab for a $60 game, this isn't the first time 2K has done this and later retracted it due to player 
backlash. In NBA 2K20, ads were included in the game, and negative feedback was immediate and intense. Tim, <laughs> what's your reaction to all this? I mean, my immediate reaction was immediate and intense. <laughs> I, I can't believe that this is – that somehow NBA 2K continues to get away with egregious forms of trying to get revenue any which way that they can. I would understand it if certain levers were being pulled in a way that was kind of if this, then that, where, okay, there's a free-to-play version that gets you elements of the game, but you need to watch ads and blah, blah, blah. I would understand that. Like, that makes sense as a business model. To have this on top of something that you already paid for, I struggle to see that being fair or good to the users i understand it makes a shit ton of money and i understand that it can be implemented in a way that while annoying isn't actually getting in the way of the experience so i could argue for it a little bit more but this being two things one you can't edit your team which is a feature you normally can do while loading uh so it's getting in the way of gameplay so that's a problem two with next gen there's not going to be loading so yes. what are they going to do here? Are they going to literally now force you <laughs> to watch this? Or is that only going to be if there's a load screen? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I wonder what this, this ends up looking like in 2K or in uh, next gen. That, that was the first thing that immediately came to mind for me is, yeah, for the next gen version, are they going to implement these ads? Or is that the give and take of, hey, the current gen version is $60. The next gen version is $70. We want to make we want to find a way to recoup the cost of the current gen version being $60, even though that is technically first uh, full price for current gen. But with $70 being the prime price for this product now, how do we go about that? All right, let's put in ad. And this 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 is this is me projecting, trying to figure out what the conversation might be there. But I wonder if if that's the case. I wonder if uh yeah the 70 dollar for 70 dollar version of 2k on ps5 and xbox series x i wonder if we see these types of ads or if they go about it in a different type type of way i feel like the mindset also might be a little bit of hey it's a sports game and sports generally have ads like people are used to ads during sports and so why not find a way to implement that into a game like especially if uh, if you have like this pre-roll thing, which it looked like it, it looked like it was going into another segment of, oh yeah, here's the talk show portion, uh, mm-hmm. like the ESPN uh, roundtable portion of, of the game. You know, it makes it feel more natural, but still gross. Like it's it's one of those things where it's like, all right, but this isn't the actual NBA. Like I am paying for this thing. I'm playing. Totally. I'm paying for a game. Uh, and it's no bueno. The reality of this is they know that the majority of people aren't going to actually give a shit and be angry about this and protest buying it. They're going to actually double down and make a lot of money for (laughs) the Mm -hmm. publisher, right? Like I know so many of my friends that are gamers, not hardcore, just gamers that play NBA 2K religiously because that is a thing that people do. The joke used to be, oh man, you only play Madden and Halo or GTA. You know, now very much NBA 2K is the game that everybody plays. Yeah. And I think so much of that is because the actual NBA players are constantly actually playing 2K, right? Like it's kind mm. of like they're promoting it organically because they're actually playing it as part of their their lives. And spreading that stuff means that the mainstream people that are, don't necessarily play every video game are going to play this. They're not going to know that this is a weird, different thing. They're just going to know that the game that they love looks great, plays great, 
and oh i guess this is how video games are now right yeah and like that sucks because we know better <laughs> yeah no for real uh, i got a question here from rent what writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can it says hey guys this weekend nba 2k21 introduced ins- unskippable advertisements during loading screens these days advertisements and microtransactions are frequently discussed in video game reviews and these aspects if egregious officers often result in a lower review score it's common for many of the larger review outlets to perform an updated review of games that significantly change gamer experience e.g no man's sky final fantasy 14 etc do you think alterations to a game's microtransactions or advertisement advertisements warrant an updated review process and then a bonus question the the kfgd crew frequently tells best friends but the best friend community to vote with your wallets if you, if we don't like an aspect of a game is 2k circumventing our ability to vote with our wallets by introducing advertisements that many that advertisements advertisements after many have already purchased the game thanks uh so let's start with that first question right like do you think alterations to a game's microtransactions or advertisements warrant an updated review process uh they warrant it yes and i think that it gets complicated because at the end of the day, what is the function of a review on a video game website? It is to inform consumers on whether or not they should buy a game, right? Mm-hmm. Based on the facts that are presented. There has been a lot of, in the last couple of years, a lot of really shitty practices added to the game after reviews because it's a strategy that the publishers are putting forth to make sure that the review scores aren't tainted by the microtransaction bullshit. Then they add that stuff later so that the review on IGN is a nine. Whereas if the stuff they added later was added before the game came out, it probably would have been somewhere in like a, like a seven or, or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And there'd be a big disclaimer about do not buy this game for this reason, this way, whatever, blah, 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 right? There would be the whole what with your wallet conversation. So I think that we've seen more and more websites kind of adapt and change to re-review games uh when there's been substantial updates like final fantasy 14 like we were talking about or no man's sky and all that however it is not easy for those sites to do that and a lot of times it is not worthwhile for those sites to put that much time and energy into re-reviewing games that are simply not going to get the the click-through or viewership that they would have when the game was first coming out and actually hot and that's kind of the the weird you know push and pull of it all where there's some cases that are like oh it's super worth it and like saying what i'm saying that it sounds like oh they're only doing it for the clicks it's like well they need to survive they're a business and assigning people to do reviews of games that are years old potentially that literally are not going to make the clicks to make up in the ad revenue for the work that the person had to put in reviewing it right that's where it kind of gets complicated of does it warrant it? Yes. Is it going to guarantee an up, a updated review? Absolutely not. And yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's sustainable to expect that. Uh, but I do think there are exceptions to that. And I do think that there are certain games that when they are updated with major updates or if there's egregious things that need to be pointed out, sometimes maybe an, uh, an article or like a, a footnote at the top of a review might be important. And we've seen reviews change so much already in the last couple of years where review in progress is now a standard thing because it has to be because mm. codes aren't getting out early for giant games that sometimes aren't even complete because they're games as a service. So things are going to change and adapt as we go. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a question of what is ideal versus what is realistic. And yeah, what, what, what would be ideal is for 
reviews to get updated with every game update and like to be a sliding scale of all right cool yeah with the latest update 2.0 it looks like the game you know stays at an eight right or is oh okay it's slightly better so it's an 8.1 right or you add in like a blurb that is oh yeah at this date they added this uh, and so i'm upgrading my i'm updating my review to mention that hey yeah at the this new this new overwatch character is great and so i i still think this game is great like i think that is an ideal world that is not realistic in the ways that like you said, reviews work in terms of one clicks, in terms of um, uh, the amount of bandwidth that writers have and reviewers have, like that just isn't, that's a big ask, right? Because at that point you're asking somebody to to stay on a beat just forever, right? Like you're asking whoever reviewed NBA 2K21 for your website to constantly just be on NBA 2K21 and uh, stay up to up to date with that game. And I think that could work in some instances. Like I think, I, I honestly think that is what, Maybe like you like YouTube accounts are for or content creators are for that are out that are Absolutely. outside of these big websites, right? Like IGN, I don't think necessarily needs to stay up to date, up to beat on every single 2K update. But there are YouTubers out there that are NBA 2K YouTubers that will talk about this stuff and that'll keep you up to date. And that's what that's for to keep them accountable in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's actually a really good point, and I, I think that that is. That's been a future that we've been trending towards, and I think it very much is the present now, where you need to follow the people that are actually on the beats because they're going to understand those games better than anybody when they're yeah. actually embedded in the community and understand what the patch changes mean and, and, and all of this stuff for the meta of the game or also just understanding the difference when you add all of the uh, microtransactions or whatever it is or take them away, all this stuff. But this reminds me, I remember those conversations uh, back when we were at IGN of like, and I wasn't on editorial, but I was still involved in the the conversations going on about, so why would we update reviews for games that just get a patch when games get their price halved? Should we re-review the game for, well, it's an eight if it's $50, but if it's $30, it's a 10, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, that. it's complicated. Like, it's it's hard, change over time. And, you know, if you're looking back at an old game, like looking up the review, you're gonna you need to kind of use your big boy mind a little bit and understand the context of it all. Uh, but but I think you're right, Bless. You need to find the the people that actually know what they're talking about. And that is very rarely gonna be these aggregate sites. Yes. And to Brent Wood's question, follow-up question, the bonus question here of like, you know, what does this do as far as like voting with our wallets and what does that look like? And is this 2K circumventing our ability to vote with our wallets? Like I'd say, like, yeah, this this is them doing that, right? There's a reason that why this is coming as a post-launch thing as opposed to being there from the beginning. I think part of it might also be that they have to sell the ads, possibly. But I, yeah, like this is being implemented later also for the fact that we can get away with it. Like this will be, this will be a smoother process than having it in there from the beginning. Uh, and to the idea of voting with your wallet, like I think that is, I think that is one way to speak out when you're dissatisfied about something. I think another way is to, you know, tweet about things, right? Like write an email to the appropriate people. Like, and of course, don't be shitty about things, right? Like be a human being when you're reaching out to folks who are working on games. Um, but like, there are other ways to speak out other than just voting with your wallet, especially in, in like, the in an ideal system i think we'd like to think that voting with our wallets is the way to go 100 percent of the time but like there's no system that's really ideal for speaking out in just one way like that that is not the only way that things can can uh see change the the phrase vote with your wallets always kind of rubbed me the wrong way because i think that it, it it's very empowering in a way that i feel it doesn't actually result in much because 
it's a matter if you get a lot of people to vote with your wallet, then then that makes sense. Otherwise, you're just kind of making a very small dent in something that over time can add up. But I think that voting with your wallet really just boils down to putting your money where your mouth is of if you're actually against something, don't support it with your money. And if you did that all the time and you also used your voice to convince others to do that and explain them, you know, why they should, I think that's when it kind of adds up. But it to each their own. You everyone needs to deal with how they like and don't like things the way that they want to. Tim, speaking of angry fan reactions, story number two, uh, PlayStation has responded over the PlayStation Party's feedback. This is from Jordan Alleman at IGN. Before I even get into it, Tim, have you been following this? Because it's been uh, wild. Not much. I know you're not like you're not super online when it comes to yeah. the type of games you play. Um, and basically to catch people up, because we talked about this a little bit on an earlier episode of KFGD, basically with the 8.0 update on PlayStation PlayStation changed how party the party system works when it comes to voice chat. And so now they're tied to messages in a way to now you can't have a private party on your own. If you want to start a party, you have to go uh, to your group and start a party chat with that group. Uh, and it is not ideal, to say the least. Uh, <laughs> but this is what Jordan Allman has to say about Sony's response. Sony has revealed that it is looking into negative feedback surrounding the changes to the PS4 party system that arrived as part of the 8.0 system update. The 8.0 update was pushed to consoles worldwide last week and changed the way parties work, combining the party and messages features features into one system. This has complicated the invitation process for some and led fans to voice their concerns online. Players now need to open up a message group in order to invite others, other players to create a party, and many players who used to used to use the part the private party system to avoid in-game chat now have more limited options. And that is that is me because I usually always hop into a private party whenever I'm playing things online because I don't want to deal with uh, with randos, but now I don't have that option. Uh, in light of the outcry, Sony has announced on Twitter that it is looking into the negative feedback received about the party chat changes. The tweet mentions that it will keep players posted, which suggests that changes or clarifications may be on the way. The tweet reads like this. is from at PlayStation on Twitter. Hey folks, just wanted to let you know that we're looking into your feedback on the recent changes to parties on PS4. Thanks for speaking up, and we'll keep you posted. I'm glad they're listening. I'm scared that not much is going to get done. I oh really? Yeah, because like the the changes they made very much felt like changes they're making to build toward PS5 and how party systems are going to work on there. And unless unless there are there are plans to either fix the changes they made on PS4 uh, in a way that like you know build towards a better system than what we had already. Or like revert things on the PS5, which I don't know if is an, it, which I don't know is an option for them. I don't necessarily see them making. I don't. I don't see them turning turning this back into what it was. I think the only way for them to move with this is probably to move forward in some way that it gives people back some of the functionality that we lost, uh, hmm. which is unfortunate. Like even if you look at the at the PS5 UI video that was revealed last week, uh, they show some of the party stuff there, and it very much looks like it aligns with the changes they made for 8.0. And so if that's the case, that makes me think that built into that UI aren't the options that we want, like aren't the options that we've had on PS4, which, yeah, makes me think that we're not going to get good change, at least for a little bit. Um, that's my that's that's my view on it. There's also been like outcry regarding privacy, because now when you join a party, the uh, PlayStation will notify you that, hey, just so you know, you may be being recorded or whatever and that's freaked people out all over the place like people are not happy about that 
um, because it makes it seem like PlayStation is always listening to what you're doing. And the reality of it more so is that it is just it is ma mainly allowing for the option for other players in the party to record so they can report if there's harassment or whatever, or maybe if they're like game streaming or whatever, maybe they can mm -hmm. uh, broadcast your voice in that way. Um, but yeah, like a lot of what they're doing with the party systems are not making people happy. Uh, and yeah. But see, that second thing yeah. sounds like a good thing, though. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't mind the like, second thing. Yeah. Like that sounds like that is kind of taking steps to be able to actually counter harassment and actually try to make a change and, and fix some stuff. Uh, because that seems to be a huge issue mm -hmm. <laughs> where I, in an ideal world, you wouldn't hate having to hear randos because they wouldn't be racist and weird. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's Definitely. like, if we can get rid of them, that'd be real nice. Obviously that is a perfect world. We have to work really hard to, to get towards that. But I think that the second part is a really good move. Uh, a question for you, bless, like they made these changes. You're upset about these changes. Were you stoked and happy about how it used to work or were you just used to it? was fine with it like this i mean it's it, it, it's worked that way for years right since the ps4 came out i understand and so like i one i have been used to it but also the way it worked before i'd say just worked better because uh say like with how it worked before if i wanted to jump into a party me and you want to play ghost of Tsushima legends you know i just start a party and i invite you and you join and then say a third person wants to join in cool we'll just send them an invite they're able to join the party now, if we wanted to make that happen, we would have to create a group that is me and Tim. All right, cool. Now we're, we're in our party. That is the me and, me and Tim group. All right, you have a third person that wants to join. All right, okay, cool. Now we have to make another group that is us three. Mm. All right, no, okay, now a fourth person wants to join. Okay, now we have to make a fourth group. And you can add people. As I understand, you can add people into your group, but then that also allows them to see like all previous messages and stuff. It, it, it works in such a bizarre way now that I would say makes things feel less safe than they did before especially because like it feels like they were removing functionality more so than they were adding functionality like the fact that i can't just be in a private party by myself alone is that that makes me unhappy because i really i i use that quite a bit like i i appreciated that as what's the what's the use case for that say i just don't want to talk to people online like if i don't want to talk if i jump into a gta online lobby and other people are talking and usually in those lobbies you know people are being annoying or uh or in a, like a call of duty lobby or whatever people are, are talking cussing each other out doing the things that they do in those lobbies if i hop into my own custom lobby uh, or my own my own private party the way it used to work those people wouldn't hear me i wouldn't hear them wouldn't have to worry about it I do have the option still to mute people in individual games that just takes more work and you know that that I have to do that on an individual basis in a way that 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 uh, that feels like you have to jump more jump through more hoops to do, mm -hmm. um, and so that's a use case also for like streaming and stuff. I know people like to have be in their private parties so they don't have to worry about people speaking out on the in-game chats. Um, so there 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 are a few cases where you'd where you'd use that, but yeah, overall it just seems like it, it seems like steps back in a weird way that I don't necessarily understand. I don't want to belabor this too much, but earlier mm -hmm. we were talking about you go to the ex experts for what they know best, and clearly you are in this PlayStation shit. So I want to mm -hmm. ask you, devil's advocate, what are the pros of this system? Like, Do you think that the, the new system can be the better way forward once you get used to it? I think what they're doing is building toward certain functionalities with the ps5 that we'll understand we'll understand more once we have a ps5 like, i understand like in that in that ps5 ui video 
like even they started showing off some of the stuff that they that they have as far as features right like you can see other players screens on your screen if you wanted to you can have certain kind of interactions with your message groups like i think they're building toward adding cool features for groups on playstation and that's why they've condensed it in this way um i think the question is going to end up being when the ps5 comes out and they actually implement that stuff are those features going to be worth the things that they just took away mm-hmm. and Right now, I'm sitting on probably not, but that's going to be a wait and see thing. Interesting. So there you go. More on PlayStation, though. Story number three. Sony's optimizing the PS5 fan, dot, 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 via the internet. Uh, This is from Wesley Yinpool at Eurogamer. Sony will optimize the PS5's internal fan with online updates, it said. In an interview with 4gamer.net, Yasuhiro... Utori, VP of Mechanical Design at Sony Interactive Entertainment's hardware design division, said Sony will optimize the fan control based on data on the accelerated processing unit's behavior in each game. Quote, various games will be released in the future and data on the APU's behavior in each game will be collected. We have a plan to optimize the fan control based on this data, end quote. Sony's recent PS5 teardown video revealed its double-sided air air intake fan, which is 120 millimeters in diameter and 45 millimeters thick. The console uses a temperature sensor inside the APU as well as three temperature sensors on the main board to control the fan speed. And it's and it's these it's these fan controls, but it and it's these fan control parameters Sony can tweak via online updates. For example, if a game is under heavy load for a long period of time, Sony can increase the fan speed to make sure everything's cool. Tim, the future is here. I'm a huge fan of this. Uh, I, I see what you did there. I love, love, love all the news that we're hearing about the PlayStation and, and Xbox, all the heat stuff. Like uh, the, the controversy about the Series X is utterly ridiculous to me that like it got as out of hand as it did. Uh, but I enjoy and appreciate the conversations that everyone's having around the the heat and the noise because they are real things that we need to deal with with these systems uh, for the preservation and also for our sanity of not hearing a goddamn jet taken off every time I'm trying to play some Crash Bandicoot. Um, I love it. Love the focus on it. This is an interesting way to handle it, but if it works, I'm all about it. Is this going to introduce a whole new set of problems and a whole new set of like random things not working correctly? Probably, but I would rather take that that time to figure it out so that one day we reach a better point with all of this because something needs to change. Yeah, I think this is really cool. This is one of those those uh, situations where you see I, I I want an engineer to sit me down and explain exactly how this works because like reading it, I understand how it works, but I'm sure there are some numbers behind the board that, that like some zeros and ones that would really <laughs> blow my mind in terms of, oh, yeah, so we're able to collect this data. And because we're able to read the temperatures on 10,000 PS5s, we're able to determine that for God of War, we need to spin the fan this fast in this area of the game specifically. Like mm-hmm. that sounds like it could be it, it could be really cool. I'm down with this. Like, like you said, right. Fans have been a problem for a while when it comes to how loud they are when it comes to how hot these consoles uh, uh get playing ghost of Tsushima legends over the weekend i've heard my base ps4 get the loudest i've ever heard it uh i was shocked by how loud my ps4 was getting uh and i if, if we're building toward a future where that gets managed better like the fan speed and the heat and all that stuff gets managed better i'm down for it and i know like i i make fun of the ps5 for being comically large uh if that's what it takes for the fan to like not be as crazy and for the console to work better i'm I'm obviously down for it you know like 
whatever it takes for to make these things function cool let's do it mm-hmm. i mean i'm into it Amen. um but yeah we'll wait and see to see how this all pans out or as some would say fans out you see what i did there uh story number four amnesia rebirth review roundup that's right amnesia rebirth reviews are out right now sitting at an 84 on pc and a 75 on ps4 on metacritic which are two wildly different numbers and so that makes me wonder what's going on with the ps4 version or if that's just how the reviews panned out um but i'm gonna pull from a few different sources here i'm gonna start off with kyle campbell at ign who gave it an 8 out of 10 and says Amnesia Rebirth beautifully tackles the the battle between light and darkness, not just thematically, but mechanically, too. The areas where it clicks strike an excellent balance of problem-solving and pure adrenaline, even if some of the later sections drag due to uninteresting puzzles and infrequent ghoul tussles. But with a consistently engaging story throughout, Rebirth still stands as one of the most thrilling survival horror games in recent memory, one that is anything but forgettable. Liana Haffer at PC Gamer gave it a 91 out of 100 and says, Frictional has mastered the art of building tension using imagery, music, level design, and sound mixing. While mechanically rusty, Amnesia Rebirth deserves to go down as one of the most effective and mind-bending horror games ever made, just like its predecessor. And lastly, I'm pulling from Liam Croft at Push Square, who gave it a 4 out of 10, and says, "For, For the few things Amnesia Rebirth gets right, there is a mountain of reasons why it feels like Frictional Games is still stuck in 2010. This hide-and-seek style of gameplay has long outstayed its welcome, and the game doesn't do enough to lessen the disappointing impact that it brings. It's heartbreaking to say, but after the fantastic Soma, maybe, maybe the Swedish developer shouldn't have bothered returning to what, to what it thinks it knows best. Tim, mm. I got two questions for you. One, yeah. are you ever going to check out Amnesia Rebirth? And then two... No. Are you cele- are you celebrating Halloween in video game fashion in any form? Are you playing Resident Evil, doing any of those things? No, can't say that I am. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, How dare you no, not celebrate just, the greatest holiday? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big Halloween guy. I'm not a big holiday guy, period. Mm-hmm. So the closest I'm getting to celebrating Halloween is we're watching the Conjuring movies for interview. And I'm pretty stoked about that. I enjoy scary things. I don't like when people try to get me to do things mm. at specific times. You know what I mean? And that's just me being a little bitch. But hey, mm-hmm. it is what it is. I feel that. Uh, I am. I pick and choose when it comes to my horror games. Like Amnesia Rebirth isn't something I'm, I'm, I'm going to play. Um, Ghost of Tsushima Legends weirdly has been kind of a Halloween game because it does have a lot of spooky shit going on with it. And of course, like there's costumes and stuff that you can equip that feel like they have kind of a Halloween vibe. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you when it comes to video games i feel like video games are a big commitment when it comes to playing stuff around halloween that said when a when a when a horror game comes out around the season i am more inclined to play it then and little hope um the dark pictures anthology is one i do plan to play on halloween like that is the way i plan to celebrate um and i'm looking forward to that Tim. i'm gonna say something that's probably gonna be controversial oh. i'm gonna make people question me and my thoughts on things it's what i do though i feel like there doesn't need to be this association of Halloween and horror in the way that there is. I feel like horror movies aren't necessarily a Halloween thing. They can be, and they share elements. It's the Venn diagram of stuff. To me, Halloween is more like the suit that you're wearing, right? Mm-hmm. It's spooky skeletons. It's like it's more of a fun trick-or-treat vibe than it is mm-hmm. a scary thing. Getting scared horror movies, horror games, like I don't enjoy Resident Evil more in October than I do in March. 
But you can, though, if you embrace it. I, I don't feel know, like man. Can. I don't know. I feel like I, I do enjoy Hocus Pocus, the movie, more in October, right? Mm-hmm. That, to me, is what Halloween means. Whereas, like, it, horror shit, we should enjoy horror shit whatever the fuck we want because it's a great genre. Is that the difference between kids' Halloween and adults' Halloween? Because I feel like for all, like, for spooky shit, for the for the skeletons dancing mm-hmm. and doing all the Halloween stuff, I feel like that's, like, a like a kid's thing, right? Like, kids watch those Disney Channel original movies, right? Like, the, the ho- Halloween towns and whatnots. Like, I feel that's like that's saying. for them, the tricks and the treats. I feel like for adults to get into the holiday spirit, I feel like that's when the horror stuff does come in. That's when you want to, like, get scared and get get all bloody that is adults trying to take back something that's not theirs Mm. halloween is for kids halloween is for the tricks and the treats and we could be adult kids but Mm. we just need to then partake in halloween town there's nothing what nothing wrong with watching halloween town as a 31 year old man i'm probably gonna do it you're right right don't fucking dare me to because i will tim i'm really excited to sit down and watch halloween town (laughs) this holiday season (laughs) but Halloween still somehow so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to mom and drop shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show host each and every weekday. Do 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 yeah. Where you at, Kev? Where's he at? See, this is why you should this is why we should be able to take away stars. Kevin, you scared. Is he okay? He's probably panicking oh, right no. now with his Bluetooth headphones running yeah. around the house. Like, like, why isn't it working? Oh, the oh, there we go. There we go. Uh, no, my mic just went dead. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> now, today, we got Endless Memories on PC, Death Ray Manta SE for Switch, and then Kine for PC. Uh, new dates for you. We got Rainbow Six Siege, which is coming to Xbox Game Pass for console on October 22nd. And then Where Cards Fall is headed to Nintendo Switch and PC in early 2021. Now it is time. For read mail, you can write into patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Old Spice. This episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is sponsored by Old Spice Below Deck. Uh, just because everyone gets a sweaty crotch or inner thigh chafing doesn't mean you have to go through life with a sweaty crotch or inner thigh chafing. All of that's true. Kind of funny loves Old Spice. I've been using it for a while, and I can I can confirm Old Spice comes in clutch for all my male grooming needs. Old Spice has new below deck powder spray to help you feel drier and cleaner down below, and new below deck anti chafe stick to help prevent inner thigh chafing. Available in the family planning aisle at Walmart.com or at Walmart or online uh, at Walmart.com/slash/OldSpiceBelowDeck. Thank you, Old Spice. I'm wearing Old Spice, the, their hair product right now. How you liking it? I'm liking it a lot. It smells good. And you, I mean, you're looking great with the hair. Thank you. Thank you, Bless. I appreciate that. Uh, now it's time for reader mail. Uh, Ignacio Rojas writes in with a question. Of course, you can write in patreon.com. It's kind of funny games. Uh, Ignacio writes, what is up, Blim? We recently learned that Cyberpunk will come out on Stadia the same day as on other platforms. Could this be the thing Stadia needs to be relevant? From what we've seen, the game seems like it's going to be taking full advantage of the powerful hardware with things like 4K textures and ray tracing. Yet, these are features only available, uh, or these are features only a few will be able to experience. Not many have access to a powerful super PC, and only a handful of people will be able to get their hands on next-gen consoles anytime soon. But with Stadia, all you'd need is good internet and a 4K TV to theoretically get the full visual experience. Is Cyberpunk the game to show why Stadia is worth it, or 
is Stadia already a lost cause? Anyway, as always, keep being awesome. Tim, is Cyberpunk the thing that Stadia needs to make a comeback? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes and no. Stadia is a lost cause. However, this is the type of thing that is a step in the right direction to to keep it from straight up flatlining, right? Like I I don't think that this is going to turn the tide at all, but I do think that it at least is like, all right, cool. This is the type of decisions that need to be standard for Stadia going forward uh for it to have a chance at a life at all. Uh but the thing about the that Agnostia is saying here, if what we've seen in the game seems like it's going to take advantage of powerful hardware things like 4K textures and ray tracing. I wonder if that's true. Because I was reading something last night that at launch, the only way to play Cyberpunk with ray tracing 4K and all that, or not 4K, just the ray tracing, is if you have an NVIDIA 30 card. Because the AMD cards, the, what's it called, Kev? The big, big something? The what? The new AMD cards that they they announced aren't going to be able to you know, take advantage funny. of the, I didn't even, the 4K I, stuff at launch or the, the ray tracing it. stuff at launch. And we know that the next gen console versions aren't coming out until big next Navi? year. So big, big Navi, thank you, everyone. In there the you chat. go. Kevin, is your mic that again? Yeah, can you guys hear me? It is. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you got the chat. Can uh, but yeah, I'm interested because if Stadia offered that and it worked, that kind of could be a, an interesting proposition for them if they marketed it correctly. Where it's like, hey, this is one of the only places to be able to get ray tracing right now. But I don't think that they're going to do that. And also, I don't mm. think it's going to work that great. <laughs> but the idea of playing Cyberpunk on the cloud is awesome. Because that's the type of game people are going to be invested in for a long period of time. So being able to just pop in wherever, whenever you want to play a little bit. like I think that that's a, a really cool concept. Did it work? But, can you hear me? Now I can, yeah. The chat oh. could hear you. We the chat could hear, hear me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it was on set it to the wrong uh, input. Yeah, there's no way it's going to look good on Stadia. I just Based on <laughs> Kevin's experience with Stadia. Yeah, nothing looks good on it. Everything looks it's... compressed as shit. What do you mean? Yes. That, and that, that's actually what I was going to point to, is yeah. that I think with the compression that takes place on Stadia, all of this is kind of a moot point when it comes to, oh, yeah, could it have ray tracing? Could it have 4K and all that stuff? If you're streaming it, like it's likely not going to look great yeah. sadly it's yeah, and um, it's just it's an unfortunate thing and it's the small details yeah. that get lost with streaming and that's you know that's the yeah. stuff that comes through with like all this cool ray tracing shit mm-hmm. small it's details. it's it's unfortunate because when stadia was first revealed that was the thing that made me go oh snap this can be amazing like if you're telling me that stadia is always working on the best hardware available and i'm going to get the the best experience on stadia uh and it's going to be better than you know even the next gen consoles right when i play on stadia that's going to be a thing that pushes this thing uh uh uh, far for me like i I remember them advertising it as like i I can't remember the exact words they used but they essentially called it like multiple ps4s taped together right like the, the 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 way in which they described it they made it seem like it was powerful then you know if you had multiple xbox ones and ps4s all you know compiling data or doing whatever technology mm-hmm. does um <laughs> and, and like that sounds that sounds awesome but that doesn't seem like it's been the case and that doesn't seem like it's going to be the case and even if even if there was ray tracing in the 4k i don't think that stuff is going to help stadia be relevant at this point like i think i think it's just yeah. way too late i don't think there's any hope i think all the other options for streaming seem better than stadia mm-hmm. uh and it's unfortunate because i really wanted stadia to be good but i do think stadia is already a lost cause yeah it's it is a lost cause i do think that it is important that it still exists because i want 
cloud-based gaming to exist and, and to actually work to the promise that was initially pitched. And I think that we'll get there one day because it's never it's never going to be fully the best. This is where you get it because that's the the difference between wired like Wi-Fi and wired internet. Like mm-hmm. your Wi-Fi can be fantastic and you get amazing speeds that allow you to do everything you ever need to do. It's still not as fast as Ethernet being plugged in, right? Yeah, I apply that to the same thing with with this type of stuff where it's like right now it doesn't look great at all, but at some point it's going to look really really good and you're it's going to have ray tracing and all that stuff's going to be noticeable in the same way that watching movies right now is is watching a 4k dolby vision hdr stream on netflix as good as watching the 4k blu-ray no is it that demonstrably different no it looks Mm -hmm. great streaming it when you have the right setup so and having the right setup is getting cheaper and cheaper and more and more accessible to people every day so I think at some point streaming a game with ray tracing is going to work and be extremely impressive in the same way that watching a 4K HDR stream on Netflix is currently. But I think that it it's going to take a while to get there and things like Cyberpunk being on Stadia are going to help at least push that a little bit forward once xCloud and the Xbox Series X and all that stuff fully launch and are fully out and just in the wild and people understand it i think that's going to help a lot more quicker Mm -hmm. but it's exciting times now it is time to squat up uh we got a squat up from tom a ps4 squat up uh tom writes in and says i pre-ordered a ps5 digital edition so now i'm on a mission to knock out my physical game backlog before my ps5 comes home please help me with dark souls 2 scholar of the first sin because that online community has disappeared and i need some best friends to help me take down the dlc bosses if you want to squat up with tom and take down those dlc scholar of the first sin bosses you can add P- you can add tom on ps4 with the username then tom was like that spelt then t h e n tom t h o m uh was like w a s l i k e go and slay those bosses <laughs> tim now mm-hmm. it's time for one of them rotating segments. Woo! It's kind of funny game dailies, games dailies, uh, 800th episode. And wow. so with every 100 episodes, of course, Kenny Baloo writes in with some stats. Tim, are you ready? Because there's a long ride up here that I'm going to go through because it's all fascinating stuff. Kenny Baloo writes in and says, quote, today... Monday, Monday, October 19th, 2020, is the 800th episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Congratulations. As I did for the previous 100-episode milestones, I put together some stats and fun facts about the show. It's not nearly as comprehensive as last time, as we just had our second baby about a month ago. So time has been... Congratulations, Kenny Blue. There have been there have been a total of of 106 hosts on the show. For the regulars, the rankings are as follows. Uh, let's see here. Number one, Greg with 535 shows plus 49 since 700. Uh, number two, Tim 265 shows plus 31 since 700. With uh, at number three, Andrea with 171 shows plus three since 700. Uh, number four, me 145 shows is plus 62 since 700. I'm I'm inching in on the top three. Oh, uh, dude, you you were like. By the next hundred, I think you'll have beaten me. That oh, you think make so? Sense. No, that doesn't make sense. It, yeah, no, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna need a lot more. But I mean, okay, I'll be maybe, right behind. I might be right behind you, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exciting. 
Exciting. Uh, number five, Gary with 114 shows. Number six, Imran with 81 shows. Number seven, Jared, rest in peace, with 65 shows. Number eight, Fran with 51 shows. Number nine, Danny, rest in peace, with 23 shows. Uh, number 10, Andy with 14 shows. Number 11, at number 11, Barrett with three shows. And at number 12, Nick with one show. I don't ever, rem- I think I've listened to, at least before I got hired, I listened to every episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. I do not remember Nick being on an episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. There was That's one. Awesome. There was one day, if I remember correctly, where uh, it was supposed to be me and Gary, and Gary didn't show up. He didn't know he was scheduled for that day, and we were about to go live. Oh, and so you just pulled in Nick? And I was like, fuck, Nick, can you just sit here and just, like, I'll talk at you? (laughs) Plus, you understand, the studio at at one point, like, people didn't come in because, like, they didn't have anything to do in the morning. So it's like mm-hmm. you really had, like, Nick just happened to be there, you know? And it's like, what other option do we have? It's this or no one. And we thought That's about great. no one for a long time, just so <laughs> you know. I want to be in that position at some point, having a host KFGD with Nick to see what would happen. Because I feel like that'd be an incredible episode of me just nonstop talking about video games, trying to buy time for Nick to, like, figure out what he's going to say about EA and microtransactions. Yeah, see, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like you and, and Tim are smart enough to play to Nick's strengths. Yeah. 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 That would be a good time one day. <laughs> For the guests, Stoback Mike has led uh, with seven hosting appearances. Anthony Gallegos, Chastity Vicencio, Sheiks Jr., Belinda Garcia, Mike Marhardy, Alana Pierce, Austin Creed, and Khalif Adams have all hosted three times. Anthony Carboni, Christian Phillips, Brittany Brombacher, Kat Bailey, Aiden Strahoon, David Yagno, uh, Steve Saylor, Nathan Brandt, Odell Harmon Jr., Bruce Green, Victor Lucas, Gabe Patillo, and Paris Lilly have all hosted twice. 71 other hosts have all hosted once. Hosting combos time. We have a new number one with Greg and Tim at 125 shows. Whoa! Greg and Andrea are at number two with 120 shows. Number three, Greg and Gary at 77 shows. Number four, Greg and Blessing at 50 shows. Number five, Tim and Blessing at 41 shows. Number six, Blessing and Imran, 30 shows. Uh, let's move on. The show is run by one of the hosts who reads the Roper Report, segment transitions, etc. The rankings for this is at number one, Greg at 518 shows. Number two, me, Bless, at 105 shows. Number three, Tim at 71 shows. Number five, or number four, Andrea at 30 shows. Then at number five, Imran at 27 shows. For some advanced metrics, the rankings for the percentage of shows run of shows run to shows hosted uh, go like this. Greg has hosted 96.8% of the shows that he's been on. I've hosted 72.4% of the shows that I've been on. Fran has hosted 37.3% of his shows. Uh, Jared has hosted 35.4% of his shows. Then Emron has hosted 33.3% of the shows that he's been on. Rankings for who has done the sound effects for the shows, being the Roper Report jingle, Baker's Dozen, etc. Number one, Kevin with 524 shows. Number two... <laughs> Number two, Barrett. You know what? I'm going to give Kevin a gold star because Kevin that's is, is that's, that's fantastic, man. Uh, all right. Kevin is the saving grace of the show. Number two, Barrett at 155 uh, shows. Number three, Cool Greg at 91 shows. Number four, Andy at 16. <laughs> and then number five, Joey at 12 shows. Oh, my God. And then God, number six, I'd say it's, Greg Miller Industries at one show also. Yes. Yes. What dark times it was when we like were like, Joey, you have to be the backups backup. <laughs> then we have to use you <laughs> you gotta well, be here ju- i mean just in case in case one of us dies you know let's get into some fun facts in case both uh, of us die yes like you and barrett 
Well, yeah, but before Barrett, it was me and Cool Greg. Oh, and like, yeah, and just yeah, yeah. in case, like, because we had a situation, we had trained Cool Greg to be the backup, and then it was like, oh, hey, um, they, WWE wants Cool Greg, well, I guess 2K wants Cool Greg to go to New York, and uh, oh, Kevin, yeah. you got to go to record it. And it's like, well, who does our shows? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, sadly, there have, there have now been a total of 153 shows since the last show in the studio. Wow. There have been only six shows without a post-show since the Patreon benefit was added in January. On July 7th, 2020, Imran stated he's going to sneak in one wrong thing per show to see if anyone catches him. And at this point, and at this point, at that point, the latest KFGD villain was born. That's hilarious. I did not know that. And I don't believe he's done it. But who knows? Yeah, no, it'd be I hilarious like if think, he has done I like, it. Yeah, that's the thing. He's... <laughs> He's, you know, by all accounts, brilliant. I mean, truly, yeah. when he talks, oh, yeah. I believe him 110%. Every yeah. single so time. True. So true. Can you like, imagine? I wouldn't be surprised if, like, a year from now, he just releases a video. A video? That's, like, a clip of, like, every time he's lied. Here's the thing. <laughs> with, like, the date. I hope he does it. I don't think he will. You know what I mean? I just, that's, that's a I lot hope of he's work. Listening. That's a lot of work. I hope he's listening, and and if he hasn't been doing it, that he starts doing it. I'm just saying, like, that's a lot of work, and he seems like he's too important to be doing that much work for the bullshit that we are. (laughs) But it also seems like the type of shit. That's how brilliant he is. He's like, you know what? This bullshit is worth it. On July 13th, Tim suddenly stopped speaking as a giant spider invaded his house. He momentarily steps out of frame, yells, oh, shit, but then comes (laughs) comes back on and announces that he got it. That was scary. Wait, I thought you That's didn't awesome. get it. I did not get it. That's yeah. true. Oh, you didn't you, get you, it. Well, he thought he got oh. it. And then it was yeah. very clear to everyone that he got that he didn't get it and that the spider's now going to get him. Oh, no. He's just buying uh, his time. Three days later, on July 16th, Kevin was talking to Greg and Blessing, and all of a sudden, a plate of, a plate of pancakes was delivered to him, and he quietly says, can I get the boysenberry, please, to an off-screen Paula? <laughs> I don't see what the what, like why this is noteworthy. The boysenberry, like, I like boysenberry sauce. God damn it! Only there, Kevin. Only Kevin. There have been three shows of KFGD that were more than two person hosts. The first two were three host shows with Greg, Andrea, and Victor Lucas. Then Greg, Andrea, and Tim hosted. The latest was on July 23rd when it was a five host show. Greg, Tim, Blessing, Andy, and Still Mike Mike all joined together to host after the Xbox showcase. On August 17th, kind of funny best friend Dylan Fisher saved him by creating a release date jingle so he would never have to sing it himself. Thank you, Dylan Fisher. Thank you very much. On September 1st, there was a live audience for the show. You can't hear it. It's going on right now. I thought it was fun to play it. Yeah, that's great. Sorry. On September 1st, there was a live audience for the show for possibly the first time since leaving the studio. Greg's apartment building window cleaner perched himself on Greg's window to watch Greg broadcast. That's true. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe the most important update, on o- October 1st, Greg announced a gold star program for Kevin. If he gets awarded 25 gold stars by KFGD hosts in the month of October, Kevin will get a pizza party. As of Friday, October 16th, Kevin has been awarded 16 gold stars during Kind of Funny Games Daily and one during Gamescast. With only 10 working days left in October, will Kevin continue towards his goal? Will Gamescast, will the Gamescast one be counted in the final total? Uh, a lot of questions here. Greg has awarded seven gold wait, stars wait. to Kevin. Does that mean mm-hmm. I'm 18? 
Uh, chat, let us know. Oh, Mubat here says Kev 19. has 19 gold stars. <laughs> and the right of here, uh, Blue mentions here that Greg has awarded seven gold stars to Kevin. Blessing has awarded one, now being two. Uh, Emron has awarded two. Tim has awarded two, now being three. Uh, Andrea has awarded one. Mario has awarded two. And then Janet has awarded one. And just to be clear, I, I feel like I've counting? definitely given more than two. But I guess uh, not. It adds up here. Well, did we count Greg's and Tim's today separate? Because I feel like they were. No, that's that's the one no, I just mentioned. No, they're not. Well, I, yeah, that's why I said Tim Why are they Tim not mentioned? No, I Wait, understand. Well, I'm, why are they separate? I mentioned it. No, no, because but I'm saying Greg, Greg. Yes, he can. Greg, you guys no. don't Greg make the fucking in. rules. Yeah. Yeah. It, you have to be a host on the show. Yeah. Those, no. That was the rules. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. If, that's Greg what the rules the, were. Timothy, Greg is the inventor of the rules. Greg is That's the inventor of the rules. Uh, Timothy, I no. I'm getting robbed one gold star right now. I'd like to. You were only given one the by only me re- because you didn't get his. Yeah, the only reason Tim gave you one is because Greg can't he couldn't un- give you Greg. Listen, 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 listen. You can't ungive a gold star. So Greg gave me one, and then Tim thought that Greg's didn't count, but then he gave me one. So I have two gold stars from that situation. That's not how it works, Mubot. You know you guys, the truth. You guys aren't the deciders. In fact, I'm upset that Greg Miller hasn't called in here to straighten everything up because this is absolutely ridiculous. I do turn my phone off during the shows, and so well, Tim, he doesn't. might be, he might be, he might be calling. Uh, in no, the month, he doesn't watch this. Don- this show. In the month of Donktober, only once has the jackalane and bla- blazer been worn. It was by Imran. Take that for what it's worth. Also, that is a lie. I wore the I wore the uh, blazer on Thursday with Sancho West, and I'm wearing it again right now, and so. Three times so far. Are you saying I might have more stars? I'm saying you might have less stars, Kevin. That's what I'm saying. Uh, one of the longest living traditions of KFGD is Greg dressing up for the show. However, Greg has succumbed to the shirts and sweatpants style like every other American working at home during this <laughs> pandemic. In fact, he is now dressed down for a total of 163 shows, including 76 of the 77 shows he hosted during the pandemic. The only show he was dressed up for was on Friday, April 17th. I wonder why. I think that was the one where we mentioned the dress code. Like we we mm. were like, oh yeah, we're, we're instituting a dress code for from uh, for God, work from we're home. So stupid. Yeah, we're no, so, I was like, so was, dumb. I like that, that really one. Funny. That was a really that great. Was really, one. That was a funny it was response. really funny, honestly. Yeah. The uh, Kenny wraps up by saying the job that you guys do every day to continue. Or yeah, the job that you guys do every day to continue to put out amazing content on this show and the other shows is unreal. Thank you for for continuing your hard work despite the crazy world that 2020 has become. Uh, hashtag vote for Joe Biden. The hour or so of kind of funny games daily is something I look forward to every day, and it's because of the hard work that you guys put in. Uh, thank you. Looking forward to the next hundred episodes. Kenny Blue, thank you. Thank uh, you of course, Kenny Blue, Kenny Blue is going to put that on the Reddit for you guys to sift through. I didn't read through every single factoid. There are a few things I left off just for the sake of time. Um, but Kenny Blue, you're the homie. You're the best. Again, thank you so much for that. Now it's time for countoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Rewrite and listen to what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Borzen00 says, Tim, Big Navi is our DNA too with what all the next-gen consoles have, and we know almost nothing about it. It may have ray tracing due to the next-gen stuff, but has not been confirmed to not be able to. What I'm saying is Cyberpunk at launch, at launch, <laughs> launch, Cyberpunk at launch will not have ray tracing on Big Navi. That's all I'm saying. It will have ray tracing eventually, but just not be- at launch. 
BG2580 says, breaking Call of Duty Halloween event um, has been announced. It was shown off with ties to the Saw 4 movie fran franchise. And so if you want your Call of Duty Saw crossover, boom, there you go. Check boom. that out. Uh... And the last one, Kebab says, Miss News, PlayStation has released a free Black Lives Matter theme on PSN. Uh, you can go and download that if you want. Rad. Rad. That is it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. This week's hosts go like this. Tomorrow, it's Imran and Fran. Wednesday, it's Greg and David David uh, Yano. Thursday, it's Tim and Greg. And then Friday, it's Greg and Blessing. Is it David Yano? Is that how you pronounce it? Yep. Or is that even how it's spelt? I feel like it's misspelled in the doc. But yeah, David Yano. Uh, of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Games. So stick around <laughs> for that. Otherwise, until next time, uh, Game Daily. Hold on real quick. The, uh, kind of Funny Games in the chat says, nope. <laughs> that's not how you say it. <laughs> that's I, all, that's... I have no idea. I just said, yep. <laughs> It's it's misspelled in the doc, and I was like, I know that's not it because I said it earlier because he was in that Kenny Blue rundown. Either way, whatever. David is hosting Greg on Wednesday. Until awesome. next time, game daily. <laughs> <laughs>